Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I am your host, Lainey. Look, we are going to be covering a lot in this episode. We have recorded just on the back of the Game 2 of State of Origin. So we will be talking Origin in the beginning, and then we'll launch into our uh, previews and tips for Round 17. Wishing all of those teams that have got the bye this round uh, obviously a well-earned rest so we have three of them ahead i will cover them in the episode but there is a lot to get through thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show hello everyone and welcome to the motorsports nrl show we have emma and gabby on the panel tonight how are you both oh i'm going great what a great win last night i'm still pretty stoked about it <laughs> so good so happy for a queensland victory Ah, yes. I should probably preface for our listeners that we three are each Queensland supporters. And so if we do come across a bit effusive or gushing about the State of Origin match last night, we are sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) So great to have you both. We are without Lachlan this week. Uh, We are recording a little later in the week so we can get in some chat about the men's State of Origin series on top of our previews. So game two is over and the Queensland Maroons have won the series for a 26th time with a score of 32 to 6. Tonight, as we record our show, the women are playing State of Origin in Townsville. So we hope most of our listeners are tuning into that one and are continuing their support of the women's game. Right on the show today, we will do our origin chat first, as it will be a natural prelude into our discussion on the teams and previews for round 17. It's so fresh in our minds after the game last night. I wanted to do a sweep and get your opinions and feedback about the game. I'd say a lot of New South Wales supporters have woken up thinking it was a bad dream or hopping onto any social medium to vent and opine on the performance of the team and its selection. We weren't right with our first try scorer picks, but the call we made that it would be a victory of 20 plus points was accurate. I'll start with you first, Emma, because you were there at the game and I'm actually really interested to hear what your thoughts were on both of the sides, um, what your feedback was on the team performance, um, the atmosphere um, and anything else you wanted to share, um, especially because you were on the ground there, uh, you know, in live action, uh, being able to enjoy the game. Yeah, great, um, great night. As you said, the atmosphere, as long as you're a Queensland supporter, the atmosphere was bloody brilliant. Yeah, I thought Queensland came out and did really well. New South Wales, no offence to them, but they did exactly what I was expecting. We talked last week about the selections and how that was a little bit confusing. And um, like we said, Latrell wouldn't make the um, wouldn't even make the team, which he didn't. Um, Cam Murray, I don't know if you guys noticed, but didn't come out so pretty late towards the end of the game, and I think that's because they were holding off because he was still injured. I wonder how much time he had training with them. So two of those selections that I probably wouldn't have made in the first place. And then Moses, I don't know what you guys reckon about Moses or what you saw on the TV, but from what I saw, he didn't do much of like leading the team around. Um, the only time he really was doing something, I feel like he was trying to prove to everyone that he – was meant to be there and he was he was trying to chip and chase. He was trying to run the ball himself. He was trying so hard to prove that he should have been there and like that he would always get the try. If it if he was down the other end of the field, like I didn't see him doing really anything. It was only right when they were about to score a try that he that I even noticed he was even playing because he was trying to prove to everyone that said he shouldn't be there that I think if he scored a try then they'd be like, see, look how like he he does deserve to be there. Uh, I don't know if that's what it looked like from the TV. That's just what I saw. Queensland, great work. And um, DCE, I think, was my standout player. He absolutely killed it. And um, some really, really high run meters there, like that sprint down to um, to stop that try. Like I thought, I thought New South Wales was in there for sure. And then he just came out of nowhere. And then within like a minute or so, just ran back down the other end of the field to run the ball himself. So I thought he did amazing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think, yeah, I had Daily Cherry Evans as my pick for best player. I just think the leadership that he showed throughout the game was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, New South Wales, I just, obviously they're going to be under scrutiny now and there's going to be a lot of changes probably made. It'll be interesting to see if any changes are made um, to the side going into game three. Yeah, Mitch Moses, like you said, Emma, it was more of an individual game for Mitch, I think, in terms of, yeah, I guess he went into it trying to prove too much instead of focusing on 
the team. I think um, I know there's been a lot of criticism around James Tedesco around game one, but I think it just further solidified game two that he's just not really up to origin standard maybe anymore. I'm not sure. I'm treading lightly because I don't want to annoy too many people about that. But, yeah, I think I was just trying to think in my head who really stood out for me for New South Wales. I think Isaiah Yo was probably my strongest pick for New South Wales. Um, but, again, he made some silly errors. And then I have Hudson Young as well. He just showed a little bit more aggression in terms of that fight that Queensland put up. But, again, nothing compared to Queensland. There isn't a player we can fault in terms of the dedication, playing for each other, and, of course, Billy Slater. Like, what a man. The man, the myth, the legend. Absolutely. Credit to Billy Slater, who, with the team and all throughout the week, his media interviews were delivered with such composure and consideration about them all. He was also really very inclusive in the way he responded to questions, even about the whole state of Queensland, what it means to them, really just hitting that point home. So, yeah, I thought he displayed a lot of humility. I guess in contrast to someone like Brad Fittler, who, when he's interviewed, he does get different questions. You know, I give him that. Because from the team that has to prove themselves, uh, so he can often come across sounding quite defensive. I'd say a few people think that it shows the arrogance, but he's in a really difficult spot. Although, as coach, I think the buck really does stop with him as to how the team's performed. The losses come down to poor performance and preparation by the coach of the team. And considering that the gameplay in Origin is always at next level, but it's very much about what Billy says, that it's playing as a team. So one of my takeaways last night was that it took over 50 minutes for New South Wales to score a try. Damien Cook got that try because a player fell over. There was an opening and there was a bit of confusion on the field and he just sliced right through. Much like what happened with the Apikori style try in game one, it was a bit out of nowhere and players thought it would roll back and there'd be some referee decision. But, you know, the try was awarded, which was actually great for Damien. I felt he needed to prove something and that was his chance and he seized on it. It still comes back to the decision of you know, team selection and positions. I know we've talked about that quite a bit, but again, to the point of Ken Murray not coming on until the second half was just quite bizarre. People have been talking about Damien Cole playing out of position. There were a few moments where he made some errors, but I could see he was trying to make something work and some desperation to get points on the board. And with him and Josh Adokar, they just couldn't connect. And then with someone like Adokar, who was picked for both games this year after he was overlooked last year, I actually expected him to come into the series playing with the point to show this is why you should have picked me last year. If anything, I feel like his performance over the past two games show he just should not have been picked at all. Now, you could say I'm being harsh. A few of the tries that Queensland scored were off his poor defence and he wasn't there or he was just ineffective. Yeah, I get it. He's fast, but... Is he just too scared to tackle? I, I, I might be being a bit rough here, but we know and they know if you're going to play Origin, you have to be able to play multiple positions and be excellent in attack and even better in defense. Our card didn't show that. Another takeaway from that match was that defense is a huge factor in the Queensland victory. They worked together to prevent New South Wales uh, and, like, and stifle their attack. Even though possession was mostly in the New South Wales hands in that match, they still can convert their opportunities onto points. And what that just tells me is that they're a team that plays with a hero focus. Each of them want to be the hero, but not enough of them have worked out that they have to play as a team. They're showing me that they don't know how to work together to make everything that is working well into a collective opportunity to gain points. So, I think some of that siloed approach was their undoing. Until they and the coach are able to work that out, then they can win a game. That's, well, that's what I see, but they really lack that cohesiveness. And I feel like Fitler should have spent more time together to focus on that. And then perhaps they would have had a win. It was just felt like a lot of set plays, set plays. Another one, Isaiah Yo, to your point, Gabby, you thought he was a standout. I saw he had three opportunities inside the 10 to get a try or just punch through and charge the line to get a try or put pressure on defenders, but he just passed the ball. 
just past the ball. No eyes up urgency at all in much of the New South Wales side as well. And I thought, are you all just passing the ball to Mitch Moses to chip it in the corner and, you know, someone's going to run for it? If you're there with a clear path and you've got the power and the force to punch through, run for it. Just a bit of, I think, just a lack of that footy IQ as well. So I love Queensland. It's my, no surprise. I go for Queensland. And I did come into this game with full expectation and confidence that they would win this match. So I spent a lot more of my viewing watching what New South Wales were not doing and how they were going to mitigate the Queensland attack. Payne Haas, in a couple of moments, he was there trying to save a try on the back line when the hammer ran through because Tedesco wasn't there and he was out of position. I thought, what's Haas doing out there to be a fullback? And where is Tedesco? Where are the backs to be the last line of defence for New South Wales? Just so many little critical moments where players just weren't doing their job. Okay, so I I don't want to go on about why New South Wales lost, but I can champion and enjoy the fact that Queensland won through better preparation and so they had a better performance. I'd say my standout players uh, would be Dale Cherry Evans. Um, DC played an awesome game. He's the oldest guy in the field. He still shows he can run. You know, he can attack, he can tackle, he can kick. He's He's really a star player, like man of the match for me. Um, I also thought Val Holmes was a close second because he's another player that does everything well and does the work. So for New South Wales, for me, I thought that Payne Haas was actually the best player on that side. He was there for everything, played longer than he usually does. Uh, He doesn't quite have that intimidation and origin that he does when he's in a Broncos jersey. Um, He got shut down a lot and Queensland were very prepared in matching defenders appropriately to him so he isn't drawing them in with his attack as he usually does and um, you, he manages to get that offload but they were ready for that so Queensland did their homework however Payne Haas still played very well to me and I thought was a standout. Yeah I thought he played really well. Um, just a couple of points on what you're saying there um, Lainey like with cohesiveness it is really hard to train cohesiveness when you're not even training with the whole team I don't know how they were expecting like how can you say Cam Murray's not going to train with them until the day before the match and expect that to go well. And then I know like they couldn't have predicted that like Tommy was going to get injured, but we know he hasn't been <laughs> that fit lately and he has been struck. Like this is a completely different thing that, than usual, but we know there's some issues going on with him. Imagine how they would have went if they had kept Nico on the bench. I'm sure he would have been able to fill in that spot a lot better than trying to put Earl Cook there. Um just like little things like that, I think it comes back to the selections in the first place. But Adokar with the um, MVP moment for Queensland, yeah, that was funny. And then we scored off that. So sorry, Adokar. I do like Adokar though. I think he's, I think he's quick, but maybe he's a bit past his time. But it's almost like Freddie's sticking to the loyalty card instead of the logic in terms of picking players like Adokar and. Latrell Mitchell and James Tedesco and, yeah, like it's not really, he's not really taking that risk per se. Yeah, you're right. But then, like, he's taking risks in areas that he really shouldn't. Like, But that's exactly right. Like, like, why did you pick Nico in the first place? Where he played Nico in game one, that was Nico's demise. He wasn't put in his usual position. That happened to Damien Cook last night. What is this randomness of throwing these spine players out in, on the wing or in the centres. Like it's going to rattle them at the end of the day. They're going to scramble to try and make it work. Yeah, because they're not picking like fitness. They're picking what's best, which I've had this argument with so many people this, not argument, but like discussion with people this week. Everyone's like, oh, well, it's worth running the risk if they're better. Like they're not better though, because how much better can you be to sacrifice if you're injured? It's a second string team. Yeah. it's not a fully fit team that they're putting on there, whereas Queensland, they're all fit. There's no fear of injury. And I'm fairly sure they all come out uninjured as well because they're fully fit. Like, And look at New South Wales, Tommy Turbo's done for Manly potentially for the season. So, Poor Manly in a world of yeah. hurt. It's crazy. Well, we were right about the Biff crew on the night with Luai and Walsh in the mix. As expected, Payne Haas was far away from the action. Um, Any observations or thoughts about that, Emma, or were you on the other side of the field? 
Um, at that one at the end, we were on the other side. Um, but they did have a few little biffs like throughout the game. As I was saying to you guys before we started recording, I think the pressure sort of got to Luai a bit. The cloud, the crowd was um not on his side at all. And I think he could he can obviously hear it. You can see like the players um slapping him on the back and everything, telling him to keep his head up. And um, yeah, I think it I think it got to him in the end. You can tell that Reese Walsh is a little bit cheeky and he knew that that would be getting to him as well. And yeah, couldn't handle it. Do you think that not having Nathan Cleary there may have, he didn't have his sidekick <laughs> to sort of bounce off in terms of like that's the dynamic duo in Luai and Cleary. Do you 100%. think he might have been a bit rattled? Yeah, I think so because it kind of seemed like he was sort of on his own out there a little bit. Um, Moses was, I don't really, like, I felt like, as I said before, I felt like Moses was kind of just doing his own thing. The only time I really saw Moses interacting with people, it was Teddy. I didn't really see him and Luai even, like, do much at all, to be honest. But maybe I was just watching different things. I don't know what you guys saw on the TV, but it didn't really see seem like they were gelling very well to me. I think Moses, like I said last week, I think the only thing he did do or didn't do per se was he's not going to get the blame. I think the blame has fallen more on Brad Fittler for this rather than Moses being in that position, whereas I feel like, again, like I said last week, if Nico was there, I feel like he would have copped a lot more um, of the blame. So I think that's the benefit of it, I suppose, of Moses being there. Yeah, that's true, which I think is good because I think he is a little bit rattled about the whole thing. Like I heard him in the post-game interview of the Sharks the other day saying like he's not on social media and everything trying to take a step back because it seemed like it was a little bit of a concern for him. Like, I think give him a couple of years and he will be at that standard. I think he's just been somewhat thrown in the deep end a little bit on, oh, you got M last year, well, you need to be playing Origin this year. Like, and I think people need to switch their perspective of, oh, he got Dallium, he needs to be picked instead of like, oh, are we not just putting too much pressure on Nico right now? Like he's been taken away from Melbourne, put in for the Sharks position. He's got a captain this team and there's a lot of pressure on him. And I think it's a lot, like one thing at a time for poor old Nico. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, so uh, favourite moment from the game? Every time the... Every time Queensland scored. <laughs> nah, that um when bloody Addo Carr ruined that and we scored a try, that was so good. It just oh. happened so fast. I thought we were gonna get in trouble because I thought it was one of our players, because it just was happening that quick. And then we when I watched it, I was like, oh shit, he did that to himself. So that was hilarious. Um, probably the little scuff at the end. I think that just showed a little <laughs> I just like I liked seeing Reese Walsh's passion and he's come out today and said like he didn't like how it finished and it was ugly and like he'd obviously shake Luai's hand at the end of the day but like that's what Origin's about like I just it was good it was good to see that bit of fire both of them getting sent off like I thought fair's fair there was a bit of fire and I thought for the crowd there at Suncorp M you would have seen it it would have just been so good perfect ending (laughs) even though the players got sent off yeah when he got sent off the players, like, I mean, the crowd was just, like, cheering so hard for him. Yeah. Like, they didn't even care because 20 seconds left. Like, nobody cares exactly. about the game anymore. Like, great work. <laughs> like, I feel like if there was, like, 20 minutes to go, that wouldn't have been my favourite moment at all because it would have just everyone holding their breath because Reese Walsh was off the field. But 20 seconds, it's, like, perfect, perfect ending. <laughs> I wish it went for, like, a little bit longer because I was, like, what are we down, like, 11, 12? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Juniors, I was, like, I thought, oh, this will be interesting. A bit more space. I could see see a bit but by the time they thought it was like one play (laughs) yeah probably say my favorite moment um from the game was perhaps that uh Murray Tolangi moment where he's uh running down the sidelines there and he manages to get that cheeky 
uh, chap from the outside of his boots uh, coming in, and he actually managed to stay in bounds as well as he was in motion to uh, complete that little chip. And then, of course, uh, Hamiso just being able to gather it up um, and run through and score that try. It was a little bit of a Queensland moment, I guess, because you've got Zolangi and then you've got uh, Hamiso and then you've got Haas there trying to uh, prevent the try from happening. But, no, quite beautiful emotion. It was uh, one of those great tries that I think the team will remember for a while. But, no, that was, that was probably my favourite moment. Yeah, how good. That's what it's about. All right, any last thoughts on Origin before we sort of cast our minds forward to Game 3 and then, of course, uh, we'll see how we'll go for that dead rubber match and uh, <laughs> we'll probably be talking about it again uh, when it comes around in July. Um, any last thoughts? He may as well just pick a whole new team. Yeah, just to just go out on a bang. Like, why not? Just reinvent the wheel. Like, <laughs> it's just... Stop picking injured players, maybe. Yeah, for New South Wales, I do hope for their sake that by the time Game 3 comes around, the team will be able to sort themselves out, just get together, go on a retreat, sing Kumbaya, whatever, just sort it out. But at no point can they look back at Game 1 and Game 2 and say that they played their best football at all. All the things they did wrong, they need to just do right in the next game and then maybe um, they could come out with a win. Also, DCE playing like Cooper Cronk with defence and attack, doing the work of three footballers. This is me eating some humble pie. Now, I know in our Origin Team uh, list pick episode, I said that maybe Cherry Evans was getting on a bit and Tanner Boyd should come on in as fullback. He showed such maturity and leadership as a captain, especially just rallying them and keeping them on task, which I saw was better than what we saw Mitchell Moses trying to do for New South Wales. Um, and also having that continuity of DCE as captain was certainly of value. I am interested to see who will make captain in the years to come when DCE retires from Origin Footy, because those are some pretty big boots to fill. Okay, so on to Game 3 for us to look forward to and hope our listeners enjoyed watching Game 2 of the Women's State of Origin, which will have finished by the time this episode comes out. All right, let's get into the football. So Round 16 Rugby League football's over and there were a few key players missing from that round and seven teams had the bye. Um, it is a bit of a while ago now. Cast your minds back and we usually go through the best and worst performances of the round. I'll start with you, Gabby. Who was your best player or best team from Round 16? I had Will Warbrick for the Storm. Um, he's consistently good each week, I think. Ex-Olympian, he's always scoring tries, but he scored four against the Tigers in round 16. And, yeah, it was obviously hard to get any limelight given Alex Twole scored his very first try um, during that game, which was incredible. But, yeah, Will Warbrick for me, four tries in one game, that's worth a mention. What about you, Em? Well, for me, it's got to be for the Cowboys after that great game. Um, I had a few names written down with Tom Lola coming back. was exciting to see. Uh, Felt, I know I always say he's underrated and I think he is, but um, for me, I think it's got to be Dearden. Um, Tom Dearden just did a really, really, he had a good game. He was everywhere. He did everything and um, yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, for me, I had the Cowboys uh, win over the Panthers. I thought the Cowboys were perhaps my best team for that round. I think the standout was Drinkwater. Thought he played, as you guys say, uh, out of his skin. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, that final try in the golden point time, yeah, he was just fantastic. Were there any other standouts from that round? Or as there were some pretty big wins, I would think there was also the Eels win over the Sea Eagles. Um, Nico as well, The I think he had a point to prove and the Sharks came out and, yeah, really played well, I think. Yeah, good shout, Emma. Nico indeed from the Sharks. Okay, so uh, what are your observations for the West? I, well, I really didn't have anyone picked, but I think I'm going to go Manly. Um just the inconsistency, I always rave about consistency, but the inconsistency to lose to Parramatta, but they had a big win against the Dolphins the week before, was it, I think it was? 
I don't know whether it was because Origin players were out for Manly. I'm not sure what it was, whether Parramatta were just on. But, yeah, they got my worst performance. Yeah, I'm Manly as well. I don't want to come out uh, for a certain player, so I'm going to say myself in my super coach uh, captaining. I forgot to change my captain from Ruben Garrick to Nico, which is what I planned to do when I just forgot and Garrick scored like 10 points. I think he had, I think he gave away like five maybe penalties and he did not do what I was hoping he did what he did last week. Uh, but yeah, Manly, I think they're in a world of hurt now too and have some fears for the rest of their season. I had a tie between Manly and the Knights. Uh, Manly was too easy to go after. I just kind of felt that the Knights should have won that game. And like in terms of the physicality as well, that they basically had a full complement team. The Roosters, they've been quite lackluster in the past few rounds. Um, I didn't actually expect them to uh, win in this match. And the Knights, you know, they've got strong and agile players. Uh, they could really muscle up and... You know, they didn't. And also in front of a Newcastle home crowd, yeah, they just couldn't overcome the Roosters. I, I think I expected more, as I did the fans did too. All right, thank you both. So looking ahead for round 17, so three teams have the bye this week and they are the Canterbury Bulldogs, Cronulla Sharks and West Tigers. Hmm, feels like West Tigers seem to get quite a few buys. I think that's the I think the Tigers have spent all their buys now. So we've got eight games ahead from Friday to Sunday. So let's get into what we have ahead for round 17. The first match of the round is an embattled St George Illawarra Dragon side facing off against a very fresh and rested New Zealand Warriors side in Wollongong to open the round. Both sides are coming off big wins in round 15 and the Warriors are the favorites coming into this match. So Dragons they are 15th on the ladder. And the Warriors are number six. Historically, the Dragons have overcome the Warriors in 24 out of 34 matches. And the Warriors, they have a better winning ratio this season in comparison to the Dragons. And the Warriors are continuously showing that they're actually building to some excellent form. So let's do a quick look at the teams. For the Dragons, Jack Bird returns to the second row after recovering from several injuries. Jack DeBellin also returns at lock after a head knock, so he'll be playing his 200th game and he'll likely be pumped to get a win to celebrate that milestone. So probably keep an eye on Jack. Jaden Sullivan, he's named at 5'8". Ben Hunt, he is expected to play. Um, and he's advised he'll play and not let the team down after all the news and discussion this past week about his future at the club and backing up after Origin. So I know he's fit, but I think he can be Dragons level fit in time for this match. So for the Warriors, Mitch Barnett is out as he's on a suspension from round 15 in their match against the Raiders, which means with Dylan Walker returning, he'll take Mitch's place and start on the bench. After his debut at the Raiders game, Ali Leatawa is unfortunately out with a hamstring injury, so that's a bit of sad news for him, which means Rocco Berry returns at centre after his recovery from a concussion. Also, Luke Metcalf has been named at 5'8". So the last time the Dragons had bad news in their camp, they played really well, but they still are showing to be that side that has ball possession and good stats in their game, but they still aren't connecting. Although in that last match, beating the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they showed they could take the lead at halftime and hold on to it. Although the last five minutes was a demonstration of their poor defence resting on their laurels a bit, thinking they did all they needed to. Like you said last week, Emma, if they had another minute in that game, Souths would have won. So really the Dragons need to play for the full 80 minutes. So against a team like the Warriors that has shown they can come out strong and be patient for an 80-minute match, their defence is certainly better and they've come into this with some big guys, a lot of muscle to keep back any attackers with some great kicking from Sean Johnson and quick thinking from a number of additional players. This will be an interesting match. But the action, urgency, cohesiveness and composure I have seen from the Warriors is actually what wins the matches and I think they can win in Wollongong. Factoring in the venting that the Dragons can bring to a game with all of these external challenges, this could be very close with, I think, a win to the Warriors still, but um, with perhaps an 8 to 12 point margin in it. Well, there's a lot going on at the Dragons. Um, <laughs> poor Benny Hunt wanting to get out, which I don't blame him. He 
Probably if I was him, wouldn't even be playing this game. It's less than 48 hours since he's played Origin. I don't know if it's worth the risk, but maybe he doesn't really care because he wants to just get out. I don't know. I could go either way, but I'm going for Warriors. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm going to go the Warriors. I'm not going to really focus on what the Dragons can't do because we'd need a whole other episode for that at the minute. So I'm just going to focus on the fact that I think the Warriors are doing well and I think they'll get the win over the Dragons. Thank you both. All right, on Super Saturday, the first match for the day is in beautiful Sunshine Coast with the Dolphins hosting the Parramatta Eels. The Dolphins are coming off a bye and are at 10th place on the ladder, eager to get back into the top eight, and the Eels are really hoping to keep their spot at 8th place on the ladder. Gabby, this is the dormant blockbuster on Saturday, I think, and the Eels seem to have found their feet and form again, coming together to get wins to show fans and pundits that they are the premiership runners-up from last season. What can we expect from this match? Yeah, I think dormant's the perfect word for it, Lainey. Um, Perfect explanation. There are a lot of changes to the Dolphin side and not much to Parramatta. Um, Exciting news for Dolphins fans. Felice Kafusi returns this week from suspension and Sean O'Sullivan has also been included in the reserves for the first time since he sustained that pec injury back in round four. So here's a chance of coming into the starting 17 before Saturday, which is exciting. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King has been named in the side despite recent struggles with a shoulder injury. However, Branko Lee is out with a leg issue and will be replaced by Balance Tafade in the centres. Josh Kerr comes straight onto a new-look interchange for the Dolphins after securing an immediate release from the Dragons over the weekend, while Braden McGrady, who scored 10 tries in the past 11 games for reserve grade this year, he is debuting on the wing for the Dolphins. So there's a few changes there to the Dolphins side, but for Parramatta, there's minimal changes to the team who had a very convincing win over Manly in round 16, with Brad Arthur only making slight adjustments to accommodate for the return of the Origin reps in Mitch Moses and Junior Barlow, who have both been named to play this week. Uh, Additionally, Sean Lane and Waka Blake have been included into the reserves, so this could potentially be a further boost for the side. I am basing my prediction purely off the games that both these teams played against Manly. I think Parramatta were really, really strong against Manly and the Dolphins obviously had that 58-18 to loss against Manly. So I'm going to back the Eels here. Um, But I'm interested to see what you guys think and what do you think will unfold this week? That's a really interesting standard there, using Manly as the... (laughs) Yeah, probably not the best. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Anyway. Look, it's probably smarter to go the Eels, but I really like the look of the the Dolphins for some reason. And, yeah, I'm going to pick them. Go on, Dolphins. I think Mitch Moses being back in there and he'll be tired and sort of confused with being playing origin but I think yes. they will have no problem backing up yeah I'm going to go for the Dolphins they have Kalfusi back Kamiso's playing yeah they look all right uh, the Eels are looking pretty strong and they're playing in a way to show they're marching up the ladder and perhaps the Dolphins are just seen as another obstacle to overcome to get into the top four um, I feel the Dolphins have received a few hidings lately and they should be self-correcting for this match against the Eels it's at the Sunshine Coast you know, it's a Queensland crowd and the Dolphins are the new darlings and the crowd will definitely cheer louder for them. Also, a southern team heading north can sometimes come undone with the weather and maybe even the crown, but we will see. I'll be pinning my hopes on the Dolphins for this one. Thank you, Gabby. So on to the next match for Saturday. The Penrith Panthers face off against the Newcastle Knights in Penrith. So both these teams met earlier in the season and the Panthers were able to steal the win with a single point and a final score of 16-15. to I'd say the Knights thought they were robbed in that game and will be looking to square the balance and come in with a win for this particular match. 
The Panthers, as you said, Emma, last week, they had a great streak and the Cowboys were looking to disrupt that and did so with a gutsy and very sweaty win up in Townsville. The Panthers were without their top players and the Cowboys, although also with five players out, they played like it was a grand final. It was such a great game to watch. And some people were rubbishing the golden point and should, you know, were saying that they should just take the draw. It was really just the battle of the fittest and it was great to see the hunger come through from the Cowboys. Can you tell I like the Cowboys? Uh, so the Panthers, they showed that without their key players, it was really quite difficult for them to align and some disconnecting moments in that game. I have really felt sorry for Dylan Edwards because he shouldered a lot of the burden to keep things going and he just ran out of puff at the end of that match and, yeah, just unable to get the win for the side. However, the Knights, they weren't so great in their last match against the Roosters. As I said earlier, I expected them to win that match and... You know, they're a bit of a letdown. Um, also, just too many silly errors, unfortunately, and they just needed to tighten up that defence. So with the Knights going out to Penrith, this will really be quite interesting. So for the teams, for the Panthers, nearly all of the players for the Panthers that participated in Origin are actually expected to play in this match. So, look, I'm not sure if I believe that. They'll probably make some changes closer to the day. So please take this team less with a grain of salt, people. Um, with that, so Moses Leota returns to the side as prop. And so that means Matt Eisenhuth is in the reserves. Scott Sorensen and Leah Martin are the new second rowers for the side, which is a bit of a change up, but that actually means that Hosking becomes the 18th man. And at the Knights, he missed a round last week, but Daniel Saifiti returns to the front row from a sternum issue. Greg Marshall, he's finally back on the wing with his size and muscle to fend and palm off any opponents. Tyson Frizzell is named to play, so... After the Origin match, I thought he worked pretty hard and wondered if he will have the fitness and grip for this side, although the team will welcome him back with open arms. Lachlan Fitzgibbon failed his HIA in the last round, so he's actually being stood down, meaning that rookie Dylan Lucas will keep his second row spot and Brady Jones actually reverts to being the 18th man. The Knights are away for this, and they have won only one from six away games for this seat this season the Knights have had two straight losses coming into this so they're quite motivated to win although over in Penrith it's really going to be a hard slog for them because there is a strong fan base that will turn up for their beloved Penrith side and the Knights they're still chasing their 400th win for the club uh, in its history I thought they would have done that in front of their home crowd last time However, they didn't. Um, they do show some good elements in attack, but some areas in defense and areas that they need to work on. Dylan Edwards leading the team last week for the Panthers without key players. That was really hard to watch, but he is going to be very happy to have much more of the side returning this week to fill out that combination and hopefully get a win. Also, the side is without Nathan Cleary at the moment. And they're just thinking of a few semi-fit players coming back from Origin. This is a time to show what the Penrith depth, depth looks like. For this match, I expect the Panthers to comfortably win and a few advantages are in their favour. They are number two on the ladder and they're hosting a team sitting at number 14. So I think it will be a Panthers win, but I would expect it to be around about a six point margin only because the Knights will be going really hard for a win and just take that shine um, off of the Panthers and hopefully give them something to celebrate and with the 400th milestone win. Yeah I think if these teams were both fully fit then it's an easy Panthers but coming back from origin with so many players that are going to be backing up it's a bit hard to tell how they're going to come out and play. Uh, specifically, I'd be looking at Luai and I wonder what attitude he's going to show up with on the day, whether he's going to be able to, to perform at his best. And I think um, he will actually probably have a bit of a hunger to come out and do do some damage to the night side because of how everything's gone down after Origin. But whether he has the fitness and if, the, if he's carrying any sort of niggling things, um by the time the game comes in, like, well, any of those players really, I'm going to pick Panthers. But, yeah, as I said, they could come out and be all be a little bit dodgy and the Knights could take it away. 
Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I'm going to go Panthers. I said Panthers last week as a safe bet and then Cowboys come out and did it to them. But I really wouldn't be surprised if the Knights actually did come out and win. Um, It would be a good game for them to win too. Um, I just don't think I have enough confidence in them to do it against the Panthers. But, yeah, we'll see. Thank you both. All right, the prime time slot on Saturday belongs to the Melbourne Storm and the Manly Sea Eagles, with the Storm hosting the visitors in chilly Melbourne. Aside from the chilly reception that the visitors will get from their usual beachside paradise, the temperature difference will be an adjustment going further south. So the Storm, they are sitting third on the ladder and Manly are 12th, perhaps reflective of the unusual season that they've had such depth in that storm side and control when they beat the Cronulla Sharks a few rounds back and then the Tigers. The Storm, they might be they might be feeling quite confident. We did expect that Manly would be confident against the Eels in their past match after a big win on the Dolphins, but it looks like Manly need DCE to win with some injury issues also at the club. Gabby, there is a bit going on, but tell us, what can we look forward to ahead in this match? I'm so excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I'll probably have to make a bet with my mum. She's a Manly supporter. Um, Maybe even a bet with your husband, Em, to get Melbourne over the line. Uh, For the Storm this week, uh, Justin Ollum is back for the first time since suffering a concussion back in round 14, which pushes Marion Seve out of the squad. Tui Kamakamitha has also been pushed out of the squad, which sees Tom Eisenhuth start in the front row alongside Christian Welsh, who returns from his one-game suspension. That moves Nelson Asafa-Solomona out onto the edge. And Queensland Origin players in Cam Munster, Xavier Coates and Harry Grant have also been named to back up. So hopefully this means we will see a full-strength Melbourne Storm side on Saturday coming up against the Sea Eagles. But Bad news for Manly fans, as we did touch on at the start of our episode. It has been suggested amongst rugby league circles that fullback Tom Travojevic could miss out on the rest of his season after suffering a pectoral injury during this week's Origin match. So this is a massive blow for the Sea Eagles. He has been on and off the field that we have seen all year and it doesn't look good for the extent of his injury. We are yet to learn more about this, but... Yeah, that's sad news for Manly supporters. Um, Despite this, Saturday night sees Captain Daly Cherry Evans being named to back up after Origin. So this shifts Jake Arthur back on standby in the reserves and Ben Condon has also been named on the bench. So perhaps with Daly Cherry Evans backing up after Origin, this might be what Manly needs in terms of confidence and consistency that they were lacking against Parramatta and what they obviously had against the Dolphins the week before. But I think Melbourne are just a little too strong. I think they've found their groove and with a fully strength side, despite having origin players backing up, I think they can do it. I think playing at home, um, yeah, on this run, they're sitting third, whereas the Eagles are on the downhill, the other side of the ladder. I think Melbourne will do it easily, but who knows? Yeah, for sure. Um, poor old Manly with Tommy out for potentially the season. I feel like that's their season gone. They're already down Jake. And as far as I'm concerned, they need both of those boys to be a strong team. And, yeah, I just don't see them being able to pull much together without them. Hopefully for their sake they can, but not for this game. I don't think some going storm. Yeah, I'm going to go for Storm for this. Uh, we've never really been convinced that Tommy was at full strength. Um, he's just had a lot of injury woes and he should just put his feet up, relax. Tom, just let your body rest. Uh, the coach, if he's intelligent, will just let him stay off all season and should really just begin working on their team depth for that spot. So, yeah, b- take care of your body, Tommy. It's okay. Also, if DCE plays and the team win with him back on the side, he'll just be putting all the older players to shame that haven't kept up to his standard or their um, fitness regime. But he really is the ideal older player out there that I think others should mirror. Manly don't travel very well, very well, and it's hard to win in Melbourne, I'd say. So 
look, hence this is why I've picked the Storm. If they can win, great, but I'm not optimistic of them upsetting the home team. Thank you, Gabby. All right, the Brisbane Broncos on Sunday are hosting the Gold Coast Titans for the Queensland Derby in Brisbane over at Lang Park. So the Broncos are top of the ladder and the Titans are just outside of the top eight. So the Titans were able to show in their past match against the Tigers that they are a team that can take a lead and hold it to get a win. Although in recent news today, we heard that the Gold Coast Titans head coach has been released from his contract and they have named Des Hasler to take over the role in 2024. So there is a lot going on now for the Titans, another victim to management making changes. However, this is a nice time of day to play, Emma. The Broncos, as you say, your premiership promising team this season, uh, they will be obviously looking to come out and maintain that top spot. What should we expect in this matchup in Brisbane? So the Broncos and the Titans, are we're going first versus ninth on the ladder. So the Titans will be fighting to try and get in that uh top eight and the Broncos obviously try not to lose their spot on the top. They're both coming back fresh from a bye. However, four um, origin stars from each team will be likely to back up after only three days rest. So they're not fully rested, I guess, but half the team is. Um, Two of our origin hopeful halfbacks going up against each other, Laney. So get excited for that. Uh, the Broncos are looking for their fifth win in a row against the Titans. And the last time these teams played each other was back in April when the Broncos won 43 to 26 due to the Titans' inability to play the second half. So we've seen this happen to them time and time after like, time after time in this season. But if they're serious about making the top eight, they'll need to play a full 80 minutes. And we'll see <laughs> if they can do that. The Broncos team so Kurt Capewell is out with a quad injury till maybe round 20 and once again I know I've said this before but I just like to applaud the Broncos performance team and the strength coaches and physios and all support staff Capewell to be the only player with an injury at this point in the season is just unheard of so every other team has a minimum of three I think I was looking at before and a lot of teams have seven so just unreal that he's the only player with a with an injury uh, Brendan Piakura will take Kurt's place in the second row alongside Jordan Rickey. Selwyn Cobbo is said to play after the hip issue he picked up in Origin 1. If he doesn't, though, um, Dane Mariner will likely replace him, but I think he'll be fine. As I said before, all the Origin boys, Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan, Tom Flegler and Reese Walsh are all named to play, so there isn't much else really to change um, from the team that's been It's on a three-game winning streak at the moment. And for the Titans, Kieran Foran is back from his toe injury and will be playing at 5'8", shifting Jaden Campbell back to the bench. David Fafida will be back, so Cleese Haas also shifts to the bench. That means Cruz Leeming and Isaac Fasul Malaawi will drop out of the squad, but if there's any concern around the Origin Boys' fitness come Sunday, I'm sure they'll be ready to jump back in. So that's Tino Fafida, Fotowaka, and most likely, well, most likely those boys, but also AJ Brimson, but I'm sure he'll be fine as he's only the 18th man. Uh, besides that block back in April, so the Broncos are five from uh, from the – wait. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, five of the past six games have been decided by 12 points or less apart from that blowout. So I'm expecting it to be – close-ish, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans don't show up in the second half. It could be another another big blowout. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to go Brisbane. I think it's hard to go against Brisbane, especially with the Titans and their second half voodoo. I think, um, yeah, it's just you said it all in. Brisbane are just too good at the minute. I do like the Titans, but it's just really hard to ignore the Broncos. The Broncos are so strong. No injuries, they're on top of the ladder, and they're there for a reason. Um, Titans may not have the might, um, and with other things going on, I'm not sure they'll have the full focus for this match. So I think it'll be perhaps a 12-point margin with the Broncos to win, but, um, yeah, thinking of your Titans. 
Thanks, Emma. All right, the next game for Sunday is South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're taking on the North Queensland Cowboys here in Sydney at Olympic Park. I'm actually going to this game. So I'm looking forward to uh, going out there and flying the uh, Cowboys flag in support of your team, Emma. So the Bunnies are sitting fourth on the ladder and the Cowboys are at number 14. The Cowboys are heading south, but with the chillier temperatures, it could be better for the Cowboys' fitness. But on a ground, the Bunnies know very well. It will be interesting to see if the Rabbitohs will be sending a message that it's their home and no room for Northerners. What can we expect from this match, Emma? Well, first of all, the Cowboys are 13th, Blaney. Give us some credit. <laughs> um, nah, thanks for flying the Cowboys flag. Um, someone needs to do it. For <laughs> nah, the Cowboys, um, as I said before in the start of the the episode, I was really impressed with last week's um game and I'm hoping that we're going to see some more magic like that again for the Rabbitohs we've got Cody Walker back from his quad strain which will be huge for the Rabbits I think Tom Burgess is likely to return from his back injury David Moali is back for the first time since round nine he'll be playing off the bench Jed Cartwright replaces Jacob Host in the second row Damian Cook is likely to back up from origin and Cam Murray will be assessed as he's had some niggling injuries as we touched on before, not sure what's going on there, but I guess we'll see whether he gets the go-ahead to play or not. Um, yeah, the fact that he barely played much origin, I'd say there's, I'd probably want to rest him. Latrell's obviously still out. For the Cowboys, Todd Payton has confirmed that all five origin players will be good to back up. Does make me a little bit nervous, but fingers crossed all goes well. Having Tamalolo back last week was a big boost for the Cowboys and it looks like his recovery went well, so I'd expect to see some big minutes from him this week. Uh, Helam Lukey suffered a face fracture last week, so Jack Gajewski will join the bench and Kulikefu Finifuaki will start. Um, I think he had an exceptional game last week as well and I'm excited to see more from him. So, yeah, I, I'm i hoping that the Cowboys can get up here, but uh, it's probably not a smart option if you're a betting person. But if Gabby, well, I guess we'll just have to see whether she tips them or not. What about you? What do you reckon, Gabby? I really, really want to go to the Cowboys, but I feel like my superpowers will make them lose. <laughs> um, I just, I don't, I don't know what it is about Souths at the minute. I just don't have much confidence in them. And what the Cowboys pulled off against Penrith last week makes me think that they can do it again and they can only be on the up from here. Um, yeah, so I think I'm going to bag the Cowboys. <laughs> um, yeah, so this will really, really show whether or not I do have um, some sort of magic in me. <laughs> Lainey, what do you think? I'm going for the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys. I'm going to be out at the match to support them. Um, although I've got to say South Sydney, they are certainly a team that could easily run away with this, but... You know, Val Holmes backs up pretty well after Origin. He seems to have this great fitness. He's able to demonstrate that, I guess, just he gets that roll on um, and he's able to sort of rally the rest of the team, which I think is, you know, one of the big factors. And, you know, such credit to the Cowboys last week with that win. Uh, I have a feeling that they'll just be so buoyed off of that and Val will be proud and they'll all just come together for a win. Uh, so, yep. Yeah, Look, I'm sure there are a lot of South Sydney uh, fans listening thinking, who is this woman and why is she not picking us? But I'm sorry, the Rabbitohs, you guys really rely on Latrell Mitchell. There are a few players that have been, I guess, uh, affected with a bit of injury and perhaps are a little bit semi-fit and um, maybe the undoing for this. But uh, you will have at least a good crowd out there to support you. But, you know, who knows what will happen. But I would like to see the Cowboys win. I'm going out there and I expect them to win. If we lose, I'm blaming you, Gabby. Yeah, no, I know. I'm so sorry if they do. I really want them to win. I was so upset that they, not upset, I wanted to back them last week. And then when they come out and just, oh, it was such a good ending to a game. I just hope they do it again this week. But who knows? Thank you, Emma. 
And the final match for round 17 is at Moore Park with the Tricolors Sydney Roosters hosting the green machine that is the Canberra Raiders. So number 11 of the ladder, the Roosters are coming off a win in the last round against the Newcastle Knights, which they worked pretty hard for, but we can't ignore the fact that their attack still needs work and their defence is beginning to tighten up, which appeared in that Knights match. The Roosters have won four of their five matches at their new stadium in Moore Park, uh, so they'll be looking to uh, notch up some more wins there. The Raiders, they're actually in the top eight, sitting at number seven on the ladder, and they have been what we've been calling the under the Raider Raiders on this show. Their last match was the disappointing home game with a loss, so they'll be hoping to get a win back on the books and stay in the top eight. So to the teams, for the Roosters, Luke Keery last round, he was taken off field with a jaw fracture, Um, but he's actually been named to start this weekend as the uh, medics have cleared him to play. Joseph Manu, he moves back to the centre position because James Tedesco returns from origin to his usual fullback position. Uh, And so this then means that Corey Allen uh, drops out. Returning from suspension is Victor Radley, so he'll be playing at lock. Uh, and he'll be alongside a grinning Lindsay Collins, who will also back up from Origin. I wonder how that locker room vibe is between him and Tedesco. Anyway, Sitili Tuponiwa, he's named to play following a corked thigh last week. I hope he's okay because he's had a bit of bad luck and injuries the past 18 months. And for the Raiders, if any of you remember that Croker 300 match against the Warriors like I did, which is the last match the Raiders played, Ricky Stewart is naming the same squad that was defeated in that match. So Hudson Young is still confirmed uh, as a starter in the second row for the match. Looking at both these teams, the Roosters will have the crowd advantage and they have a better win record at the venue. Historically, the Raiders have only won three of their past 20 games against the Roosters in Sydney. Statistically, these teams are about even in their season performance, but the Raiders are sitting higher as they have one more win than the Roosters. When I watched Canberra uh, live in their match um, in Brisbane against the Broncos, they came out strong and very quick to get points and on the board, which some opposing teams just don't really see coming. The Raiders have won four of their seven away games this season, which included not only the Broncos, but the Rabbitohs, Tigers and Bulldogs. Also, Gabby, when you were at that match against the Eels, you got a great view of just how connected a team they can be to collectively work and attack to convert opportunities. Although it makes sense to me that the Roosters are the logical team to pick with the home ground advantage, the Raiders play like they have a chip on their shoulder and they may do that here in this match. So the players on view are well matched and I think it will be close and I think it may be an upset from Canberra with a close margin. I have no number, but the only person who could likely turn fortunes around for Roosters is if Luke Keery kicks a field goal to widen that lead with a buffer. But we have seen that the Raiders have more than one capable guy that can do that for them as well. So this really should be a great Sunday match to finish the round, but I am calling a Raiders win. This is really hard because I usually like to tip against both teams. Like these are the teams that I don't particularly, I mean, maybe in seasons before I like to tip the Roosters. I feel like a lot of the time I try and tip against the Raiders because I just don't trust them and I don't trust either of their consistencies at the moment. So it's really difficult. But I I don't think Teddy will be struggling after Origin. I don't think he really had too much too too much to work like it's this is by Sunday I didn't see him like have a huge game so I don't think that will be an issue um oh yeah I'm gonna go Roosters what do you think Gabby I'm going Raiders based off nothing at all this is a really really hard game to pick between um that's no logic at all behind it I just think yeah, like if Roosters come out and do it, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, they can back up from last week. But, yeah, maybe a fresh Raiders side. Maybe that's the logic I'll use. And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you so much, Gabby and Emma. We miss you this week, Lachlan, but we're looking forward to hearing your in-depth analysis on the show soon. To our listeners, we wish your team a great round of football and we wish the men and women who played Origin this week a smooth and quick recovery. 
Thank you everyone for tuning in and we truly appreciate your support. We hope you can tune in regularly and please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us to spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you.